Damian Lillard win the three-point contest and the All-Star Game MVP. How would you describe just his confidence right now in a Bucks uniform? He's hooping. <laughs> He's just hooping. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, I saw a tweet earlier today. Who was it from? I think it was Matt Carroll from reviewing the brew who is lamenting the fact that so many spring training games are not on TV, not on the radio, and they're not streamed anywhere online. And I started to think about that. It's like, wait a minute. We can't have a a spring training, like a cactus league plus where it's like, Hey, 20 bucks and you can watch any spring training game online. Like I would, I think I'd pay for that. It couldn't be ridiculously priced, but like, I don't think it would have to be. These aren't like incredible games we're talking about here. They're spring training games. Why? Maybe this is a criticism of, of baseball that's something that we should actually bring up. Like, why are we playing all these games and fans who are stuck in Minnesota or Wisconsin or Michigan or St. Like, fans stuck in cold climates and we can only see so many of these games. And you'd run into conflicts with the cable providers. And sure, like, you, there would be some maneuvering needed to figure it out. But I don't know. Like, the Brewers are playing today. You can't watch it anywhere. It'd be one thing if you could listen to it, but you can't because not all these games are on the radio either. I don't know. Can you imagine just NFL game, NFL preseason games not being televised? Can you imagine that? Of course not. That would be insane. I don't know. I'm, I'm down to create a MLB, a, a Cactus Cup Plus online portal just for a couple of weeks. The problem is, though, it would be rolled into some larger streaming service. So, like, anybody that wanted to watch spring training would have to buy a subscription to Peacock, and then Peacock would be like, well, since we're adding baseball, we're going to up the prices because we have better content. And then the people who already have Peacock but don't want baseball are like, what the hell? I didn't sign up for this. It's it's a nightmare. I, I think for those of you who hate streamers and hate sports on streamers, I, I feel like we can't continue this way. So things are going to get better, whether that means everything transitions to streaming or things kind of transition out of this clunky half streaming half linear cable model i don't know what but like i was listening to a, a podcast i really like the podcast the town with matt bellany would very much recommend he has a newsletter uh with puck that he writes it's really good too you know talking about the state of warner brothers and how they're trying to roll in you know certain services like they're teaming up with i think it's fox but i can't remember to create some sort of alliance to stream sports content like i i don't know what the state of like Warner Brothers Discovery, like I, I don't know if they're going to be able to carry the NBA at the same level they are. Like all of these traditional media companies don't have the money. So I, I, I don't know. This is a long tangent to just complain about baseball not being streamed anywhere during spring training. But for those of you who are frustrated with the current model of you need cable and you also need streaming and you also need like league pass or Sunday NFL ticket on YouTube TV, I, I think it's going to get better. Because I don't think it can get much worse. And I think this current model is unsustainable for a lot of streamers. That's streaming talk. It's the, it's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm really excited to connect with Mike Clemens. He's going to be here at 530. We haven't talked to him this week. I don't think we talked to him last week. Or maybe we did. Because they interviewed Jeff Halfley. His press conference was last Thursday. 
right? Thursday or I think it was Thursday, Thursday or Friday. So we had Mike Clemens on. So it's been about a week since we've talked to Mike. He's been in Indianapolis all week. He was at Brian Gutekind's presser, the national and the local one, and Joe Douglas and all these other GMs that have been there and, and spoken. And he's, you know, chasing players and prospects and coaches around. So we'll get the full scoop and what he's seen and heard down at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Mike Clemens will join us from some hotel room somewhere in Indiana. God only, God only knows where, but we'll connect with Mike Clemens coming up at 530. Maybe talk a little Brewers, maybe, but I want to spend a lot of time tonight talking about the Scouting Combine and the NFL, just because I think we've said most things that need to be said about the Brewers, and we've certainly said everything that needs to be said about batters basketball. That team deserves to be put in a timeout. So I do want to start with the scouting combine today and maybe talk Packers, talk NFL and talk about the upcoming draft. 608-321-1670 is the number to call the show if you'd like to join. Start taking calls here after our first commercial break. You can tweet me as well at Wisco Grant. Another super easy way to get in touch with the show. Just drop me a little note on Twitter or send me a DM or whatever if you want to add to whatever conversation we're having. Following a lot of the stories and reports from the NFL combine, a lot of the takes are baseless and dumb and a lot of the 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 sourcing and the scoops and the reports a lot of it is a smokescreen right because teams are starting to position themselves with prospects they really like especially teams near the top of the draft who might be interested in quarterbacks right all these teams are kind of uh they don't want to show their hand too much they're not going to come out clearly and say we love this quarterback but we don't really love this quarterback so you you have to take everything you hear and see with a grain of salt but that doesn't mean, right, these these stories, these scoops, these reports, doesn't mean they aren't entertaining. Doesn't mean I won't eat them all up. Like any take from an anonymous GM, any any take from an anonymous source about Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniel, like I will listen to them all. I will eat them all up because that's all we have for football content this time of year. There's a couple analysts who have been absolutely cooking the last week or so. Merrill Hodge, and this started at the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say he's anti-Caleb Williams. He's been framed as anti-Caleb Williams, but friend of show Merrill Hodge, who we talked to at the Super Bowl, was on Colin Cowherd's show earlier this week kind of talking about his criticisms of Caleb Williams. He told Chicago folks at the Super Bowl, well, Caleb Williams isn't special. And people hear that and they see that and they're like, oh, Merrill Hodge says Caleb Williams sucks, says he's a bust. Well, it's not really what he said, but he is pumping the brakes with Caleb Williams. I pulled some of the audio of Merrill Hodge on with Colin Cowherd earlier this week. So this is some some good analysis from someone who watches a lot of tape, as he told us at the Super Bowl. This is what he sees when he watches Caleb Williams. He's not special in where you must be special. If you have to show evidence, you got a chance to transition to the National Football League. So I'll give you that. There's two guys in the last five to six years that have had that, Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud. They just demonstrated that in college. And what, and what am I talking about? How they played from the pocket. Their processing, their accuracy, their anticipation. And I'll go back to the processing. You just mentioned it. Rather, it's a clouded pocket. Rather, it's a clean pocket. He does a lot of that. You know, the slant's there. He doesn't throw the slant um, because he's done the one thing that has made him exciting. And I think people lean to saying he's special. He's extremely elusive. And let me point out one thing that he does have out of all these other quarterbacks that I do love, and it is rare his accuracy is elite. And I'm going to tell you this, that is that right there puts him above everybody else and gives him the edge. Now let's go to the, the hurdle. Why the special thing, 
he doesn't function from the pocket like he's going to have to in the National Football League. Now, he's a guy who is 6'1". When you look at a dirty pocket, you look at a clean pocket, and you look at the different plays that he gives up where he should give, be throwing the football, but he goes and makes a play by running around, okay, that's just not going to – you're not going to survive in the National Football League doing that. That is his biggest hurdle. So I think all that is really fair. Because right? Merrill Hodge goes on a bunch of radio shows and TV shows and says, well, I don't know about Caleb Williams. I have some concerns. And then the reaction to those of those takes, reaction to that analysis is, oh, Merrill Hodge says that Caleb Williams is going to be a bust. People are doubting Caleb Williams, saying he shouldn't be the number one overall pick. I Look, I listen to that and I go, yeah, that's all really, really reasonable. He has the raw tools. He has the gifts. He has the traits. He has to be better at applying them. Because you can't just run around like Crash Bandicoot in the NFL going off script every other snap and expect to make it work. You can't play that way in the NFL, right? And we even saw this with Rodgers. We've had the same conversation with Rodgers. It's like you need to play within structure and within the flow of the offense, and you need to take the layups when they're there. And then when the play breaks down, when everybody's covered up, when the you-know-what hits the fan, then you rely on your gifts. Then you rely on your ability to escape the pocket and run around and make plays. It's great. You need quarterbacks who can do that. But you don't want those quarterbacks to rely on kind of their improvisation skills every play. And if you go watch USC tape, I mean, you don't even know what they're doing on offense half the time. It's like, what is this alignment? Where where was this ball supposed to go? Where Caleb, where are you running? Where are you going? Right? It's It's just all improv. And I saw a tweet the other day, and I was looking for it when that sound was playing, and I couldn't find it. I'll, I'll do my best to paraphrase it. It's like Patrick Mahomes has all of these quarterback prospects thinking that they can run around, that they can do what Patrick Mahomes does, that they can survive off arm talent, and they can survive off improv skills. The same way that I think Steph Curry got a lot of younger basketball players to focus on shooting threes. It's like, whoa, everyone's shooting threes now. The cliche example that everyone uses. Well, if you go to a high school practice or you watch warmups, everyone's shooting threes. No one's in the layup line, right? How many times have we heard a, a basketball analyst or a coach say that, right? How Steph Curry changed the game. But it is true. The three-point shot has become much more of an emphasis for all players, big and small. Got to be able to shoot the threes, right? And I think Mahomes and Rodgers and other quarterbacks of the, the last 10 or 15 years have got all these young quarterbacks running around playing with their hair on fire all the time. Like, all of these quarterbacks, May, Daniels, D- Daniels, like, seeks out contact. Jaden Daniels is all over the place. And he's really gifted, but you know, takes a lot of sacks. Caleb Williams takes a lot of sacks. These guys don't like to throw the ball away. They like to get outside the pocket, make throws on the run. And that's great. It's great when a quarterback has those gifts, right, those physical talents to get out and improvise and, you know, make something out of nothing. Awesome. But... When you walk into the NFL day one, you got to be able to get under center, drop back, and throw the ball where it's supposed to go and hit the guy who's open, right, and and deliver the ball on time and on target. You can't just improv from day one. You're going to get killed, especially if you're, you know, barely six feet tall like Caleb Williams is. He's not bigger and taller and stronger. Drake May is, but Drake May does a little bit too much improvising. All these guys do. And I don't know if that's the Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers effect. I I don't know. Maybe it's just a year for quarterbacks where they're really, really, really gifted and athletic. And they like flying around and they like doing crazy things. Maybe it's a product of their college scheme. Maybe Lincoln Riley left too much room for improvisation with Caleb Williams. Right? Maybe 
Uh, Michael Penix Jr. relied on the playmaking ability and the connection with his wide receivers who were tremendous at Washington. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know why. But all these quarterbacks are gifted in different ways and talented in different ways. The, the question is how they are going to apply those skills at the next level and how they're going to harness. Maybe harness is a better word. How are you going to harness your playmaking ability and your athleticism and your mobility? So that was Merrill Hodge talking about Caleb Williams. Here's Dan Orlovsky on ESPN talking about how Jaden Daniels, if I was the Bears, he says, I would take Jaden Daniels number one. I don't get the sense you think it's that simple. I thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one because I thought Drake May would be the guy. I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, when we're talking about explosive play, like guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what is like Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield and then number three who's got the best pocket piece when I say piece it's P-E-A-C-E all these guys are athletic it's no longer like this plus every one of these guys has that attribute the patience and the peace within the pocket he's the best at Um, candidly I think when it comes to what guy had the best game none of these guys games compared to Jaden Daniels against Florida if you just watch that player Versus the University of Florida, you would go, that's the best player in college football, and he's going to be the guy that transfers the best into the NFL. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better. You know, I, I just look back at this. Interesting. And an then Mike Greenberg, were- I'm assuming, gives his opinion, which, uh, respectfully, I'm not interested in. Uh, <laughs> I love that there's dissension among the ranks in the NFL media, and it's just reports, and reports can be really, really... It can be really fickle this time of year because you don't really know what's true and what's a smokescreen. But if you listen to folks in the media, smart football people, and you read reports coming out of the combine, there's a lot of dissension between decision makers and opinionists in the football space on how these quarterbacks are ranked. Now, I still think if I had to bet money, which I wouldn't, but if I had to, I would bet on the outcome of Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, one, two, three, Chicago, Washington, New England. I think Chicago is a dumb team. Washington is a dumb team until proven otherwise. And I think New England is an old-fashioned dumb team. I would be shocked if all three of those teams took a quarterback. Now, all three of those teams should absolutely take a quarterback. I would be surprised if they would. Because New England's going to talk themselves into, well, the rest of our roster is in such need of... Well, and that's a problem that you can also address, but none of it matters if you don't have a quarterback. Okay? I can't wait to see how this plays out because I thought this would be cut and dry. Caleb Williams, number one, everyone falls in line behind him. There might be a situation where the Bears decide, well, we want to take a quarterback, but we don't really feel that strongly on any of these three guys. And Washington is obsessed with getting Caleb Williams. So we're going to take their money, let them move up and we'll take whoever's left over because our evaluation on all three of these guys is similar enough. And we'll take the extra draft capital. Right, I, I could totally see these two, three, two or three teams kind of shifting and sliding around. Maybe Atlanta gets involved. I, and this reminds me a lot of the 2019 draft. We know there's good quarterbacks in there, at least good prospects. We don't know how they'll translate to the NFL level, but I love these prospects. I'm excited about these prospects. I'm not really sure what order they're going to go in. And if you think back to 2018, we thought it was Darnold 
cut and dry. Uh, you know, funny enough, also a USC guy. We thought it was Darnold. And then we got closer to the draft. We're like, man, I don't know if Cleveland sold. And then we learn a night or two before the draft, Baker Mayfield's their guy. And Josh Allen comes off the, bo- the board before Lamar Jackson, for example. Right? So, again, I like drafts like this. I like how this draft is shaping up from an entertainment value. Right now, I'm not grinding tape and I'm not why like athletic scores. I'm not super nerdy into that stuff, but I like listening to shows and I like consuming content and the content is best and the conversations are the best and the entertainment is the best when there isn't a one, two, three consensus on quarterbacks. I could see Jaden Daniels going number one. I could see Caleb going number two. I don't think Drake may will go number one, but if it happens, it's not like I'm going to be blown away. This draft is shaping up in a very entertaining way, and I can't wait to follow these quarterbacks as their stocks all kind of shift up and down as the draft gets closer. This is going to be really, really entertaining. And a month or two ago, I wasn't sold that it was going to be entertaining. I thought, well, Caleb won, and you know everything else kind of fall into place. I don't know that that's true anymore. I'm not sure. I'm excited. I'm really entertained to continue to follow this as we get closer to the draft. We'll keep talking about the combine, the draft, whatever you want to discuss. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. My name is Grant Bills. You know what? I got to put my hand up and take some accountability here and, and maybe apologize a little bit. I, I don't feel like the show's really been clicking this week. And maybe it's because the brewer, you know, the brewers have kind of cut into the first half hour of the show and maybe that knocked me off my rhythm a little bit. It's like getting in foul trouble, right? If you get two quick fouls in the first half and you got to sit down and then try to fire it up and it was a little clunky. But I have yet to have a, a Wisco sports show this week where I turned off the mic at 6 o'clock, and I'm like, yeah, that was, we nailed it. We did a great. So I'm hoping tonight is that night. Mike Clemens is going to be here at 5.30. That's a safe bet. That's <laughs> that, that gives me some confidence that maybe we can pull off a quality two hours of sports talk tonight. Began the show by talking about some combine storylines. I, I love how the closer and closer we get to the NFL draft, it seems like maybe there's not a consensus on the top quarterbacks. Maybe teams have different evaluations. Analysts in the media certainly do. And maybe if you're jaded, you could be like, well, Grant, of course, in the media they do. They, they need to create content and storylines and debate. Oh, okay, well, then I'm an idiot and I'll eat it up. And, and you could also be jaded and say, well, you know, this GM thinks that. And they say, well, it's all a smokescreen, right? Okay, maybe. But you know what? I'm going to eat it up. I'm entertained. And I'm enjoying the idea that this draft isn't cut and dry at the top. And maybe we could see some crazy movement. Maybe one team thinks that Caleb Williams is quarterback three and another team thinks that he's like the next Patrick Mahomes. I like that. That will make for an entertaining draft to follow. Lots of maneuvering, lots of debate, good conversation. I'm all in on that. 608-321-1670. Let's take some calls. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, you got Darnell. Hey, Darnell, the chump. What's going on? Starting off the show with the bang here. Uh, <laughs> I, love the, I love the discourse on the Combine. And as a Packer fan, mm-hmm. I love that they're throwing a little wrench in the number one pick. It is so great. Makes me so happy because, like, you go back two months, Caleb Williams was consensus number one. This guy's going to be a star. Now you have so much, like, 
so many questions from so many like high level experts that the Chicago Bears are probably like, what? the hell do we do here it's tough that's why i think like if the bears have a similar enough evaluation on all three of these guys and like washington or atlanta if one of these teams wants to pay a premium to jump up and get caleb williams well let another team make that decision the same way that they let carolina make that decision last year and then take whoever's left the problem is last year they traded down so far and they you know they passed on Stroud, which, you know, Stroud looks like a great choice. But if Chicago doesn't feel strongly, then move back a little bit and let the other teams make a decision for you. But then wouldn't it be the most Chicago thing ever to say, oh, well, we don't really see a huge difference here. They pass on Caleb Williams yeah. and then he ends up being a complete star for of course. whoever he gets taken by. Right. Like well, and I, I, I like think that. that is I think that's kind of freezing their decision making, too, is not only are the Bears picking against all the other 32 NFL teams. But they're also picking against like a hundred years of history and so much precedent of them messing this up. It's like they're competing with their own like ghosts of football past. And then the the other side of the coin is just thinking about how much can change in five months. Because five months ago, there were a lot of people that were calling into the show and saying, "Well, the Packers are going to be in the Caleb Williams lottery here. Here yeah. we go!" Like. Look ahead to next draft, you know, and now it's like we don't have to deal with that. And I'm more than happy, obviously, that we we found our guy with Jordan. But like things can change really, really quickly in the NFL. And this is just another example of that. Do you think Caleb Williams is still that guy and we've just gotten bored and we've needed to talk ourselves into this guy and that guy? Or do you think his stock is actually dropped and he's maybe not the player we thought he was five months ago? I think that you get paid a whole lot of money to evaluate talent for a reason. And, <laughs> and we did. Yeah, I got it. And Yeah, no, I mean, I think based on what he was doing at USC, he could absolutely have a great career in the NFL. Like, guys got arm talent out the wazoo. But like like you were kind of saying earlier, you know, it's, it's not just about arm talent, right? It's it's about can you make the play that you need to make in the situations that you need to make them in. You know, the NFL is not all about, you know, can you run around the, the side, you know. Yeah. He was used to running around defensive ends and edge linebackers in the Pac-12. You know, you can't do that in the NFL when you're trying to outrun Lucas Van Nett. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit different at that point. So, I don't know. We'll, have to, we'll definitely have to see. But uh, he, he's got all the he's got all the gifts, right? That's. That's, I think, what people were so excited about is that he has all those gifts. It's just a question of can he translate that to the NFL field? I think Bill was kind of talking about that today. Like, he doesn't think that that's going to happen. I think that's the case with all these quarterbacks. It's like they have the gifts. You could talk yourself into any of these guys, but they're going to need to put it together and fit within a system and and get along with receivers and linemen and coaches because they all have the gifts. It's about harnessing those gifts and, and turning it into winning football. Right, not just you know crazy highlight plays. Darnell, before I let you go, I gotta say you've done a hell of a job the last two or three weeks. You're really rounding into form as a caller. You're really finding your right. I mean, you've had some outstanding calls. I just I want to tip my cap to you, sir. I appreciate that. You know, it'll only get better as we get into Bucks postseason because that's my that is my bread and butter. I love me, I love me some Milwaukee Bucks. Hell yeah, they're starting to play well. If they get a blowout tonight, I'm gonna really start feeling things. Appreciate you, Darnell. I gotta move on. Have a good night. You too, Darnell the Chump.
listening to us on WZN in Madison. Bobby and Eau Claire just tweeted in, I'll take anyone but Cooper DeGene in the first round for the pack. If they take him in the second, that's fine. Is Cooper DeGene the next Josh Jackson in that? I remember when they took Josh Jackson, like I had conversations in my friend circle where they're like, well, he's not going to fall to the Packers. And then he fell to the Packers in the second round and obviously didn't turn out to be a good pro. You can't play Alex Hornibrook every week in the NFL. Who'd have, who'd have thought the game maybe doesn't translate against actual good quarterbacks that don't throw you the ball every other possession? I don't know. I'm interested to see how Cooper DeGene's stock goes up or down because, you know, there's sometimes where we think, oh, we'll take this player, and then that player's stock goes way up and we never have a chance, or vice versa. It's like, well, we'll never get that player, and then that player's stock goes down, 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 and our team ends up passing on him. Like Josh Jackson circled around in the second round and got him, and, of course, they're both from Iowa, so. You know, that's another good reason to make that comparison. 608-321-1670. Let's take another call. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Dan in Broadhead, Grant. Dan in Broadhead. How are you, Dan? Oh, I'm doing okay, except for I'm, you know, on my way home from work. I turn on the Grant Bill Show, which I love to listen to. Well, and you. what do I hear but Grant Bill saying, the Bears are a stupid team. I believe the word was and dumb. I'm- and I did I not say respectfully? Because if I didn't say respectfully, I meant respectfully. They are dumb, historically. You're not going to disagree with me on that, are you? Well, historically, they don't know how to develop a quarterback, so it really doesn't matter who they draft, really. I mean, they could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. He wouldn't have been Patrick Mahomes. He would have been Mitch Trubisky. Are you sure about that? Are you Uh, sure about that? I'm pretty sure, man. (laughs) That's why I'm so... Hmm. When I hear about, oh, do we take Caleb Williams? Do we take Drake May? Do we take, you know, do we keep Justin Fields? I mean, the guy, all of them have talent, but you have to develop them. And what's to say that you can't develop even Justin Fields further into his career? You know what Um, I'm, you know what I'm hearing when I hear Bears fans go, well, it doesn't matter who they're going to take. They'll mess them up anyways. You know what I hear? I hear Bears fans that are scared to take a stand and they're already making excuses for why a pick that hasn't been made yet isn't going to turn out. I, I, I don't know. I think Bears fans, you're emotionally shielding yourself a little bit. Maybe maybe the, maybe that's right, because I, I don't know what it's like to be a Bears fan. Maybe I'd emotionally shield myself as well. But I, I don't know. Bears well, fans, when you're saying that, I, I think that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out of a talking point, Dan and Broadhead. I really do. Well, well, listen to this. When I moved here in 2020, uh, you know, all I heard from Packer fans was, I can't believe we picked up a quarterback. I can't believe we passed on a wide receiver to pick up a quarterback. And now all of a sudden you guys are all, Oh, Gutekunst is, he's a genius. He got this guy. He found him. He knew he was so talented and we don't have to worry for another 30 years. We might win one more Super Bowl. You know, it's just like you guys have had 30 years of quarterbacks and you have two Super Bowls. It's you're not, you know, you're not the champions of all champions. And you got, you know, I I hate hearing that talking point from other fan bases. Do you understand how you can't throw that in my face? Packers fans, we can complain about that, Dan. You can't. You can't. Outsiders cannot give us crap. Oh, you only have two Super Bowls and like, come on. No, I won't accept that. (laughs) Well, I think other teams that had the same quarterback talent would have had more. Like who? I, I don't know that pick a team. Well, you know? okay. right. <laughs> we can agree to disagree. And, and on the premise and the spirit of that take, and, that, and that's fine. Look, who do you want? What do you want your bears to do at this moment in time? Uh, 
I, you know, with all the now, like you're saying, a dissension of, of these talents, I, I would rather say uh, with the history of the Bears screwing up every quarterback that they've ever had, I would rather keep Fields and draft a, you know, uh, a Starvin Marvin Jr. So you'd rather you know, just keep the just, quarterback we all know isn't any good. That see that's that's well, it's that's not the, that we all know isn't any good because how many teams are looking to to, to trade for him? Do they think he's no good? Why would they want to trade for him? Well, I mean, touche. I mean, I, I don't want my team to trade for him. I, I, don't, I don't speak for Falcons fans. I don't want to. I don't want to speak for them. Well, true, but they're trading because they know that the talent is there. They just say, you know what, we can develop them. And I, and I hope that the you know, my hope is if they do keep them, that the Bears can find somebody that can develop them. The guy's got raw talent. He's huge. He's faster than almost any player out there, and the size of a linebacker. I mean, everything says Jesus. This this kid is a football player. Except for I when I watch Andy. the games, that's the only part that doesn't scream he's a really good football player. Is when I turn on the game. That's well, that's the hang up with me. When you see the highlight plays, and you're like, "Holy crap! How did that happen?" I mean, there's not tons of them, but. You know, and and the the the, the, so the I still say that the jury's still out on whether you know Love is going to be oh top five quarterback next year. That's crazy. I don't think sure. it, it uh, Justin Herbert's even in the top ten, and everybody talks about he's so great. I mean, the guy he can't make the playoffs either with a great running back, two great wide receivers, good offensive line, and everybody. Oh, Herbert's you know he's a top seven in the league. Where where I didn't see any of that talent. It's kind of a woke take. I'll have to think more about that. And I mean woke in a good way. Like you're like you're cutting through the BS and the narratives, Dan. And that's why we love you. I gotta take one more call before this break. I'm gonna stew on what you told me, and I'm I'm sure we'll talk again before your Bears pick in April. Absolutely. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, have a good night, Grant. Yeah, have a good night, Dan. That's Dan down in Broadhead. All right, one more call, then we're gonna take a break. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Tony from Texas. I, you know, we gotta put Dan on the Mount Rushmore of Bears fans. Got to put him up there if like Ashton Kutcher, maybe. He's a he's Bill a pretty Murray. reasonable caller. I like talking Bears Packers with Dan. He knows he knows yeah, he knows he, his he stuff. Fun. Doesn't get caught up in the lazy fan, you know, bickering back and forth stuff. I like Dan. Yeah, drinking his old style, having a good time. Hell yeah! Hey, did I hear you blaming the callers for your show this week? Whoa! whoa, 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 whoa. But, I mean, no, 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 no. You're the Adrian Griffin of sports radio right now, Grant. No, I said, I said, I have to apologize. I have to take accountability. I don't think the show has been like, like, I I don't really felt like we've, we've caught our our rhythm this week. And that's me. No, 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 no. I would never blame caught. Don't put that on me, Tony in Texas. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's an old saying, Grant. It's, it's not the arrow. It's the Indian. Think about that one. Hey, I've got to, I got to, I got to take on this Caleb Williams. I saw him playing the cotton bowl a couple of years ago. And if you watch that game, it, it was a shootout with Tulane. Guys were open by 10 yards. It was like the Packers-Cowboy game with Musgrave. Wide open. Guys are just wide open. So the thing with Williams, I don't know if he actually played that great of defenses. He's not playing it in practice. USC had one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. So when I see Caleb Williams, I, I think he's going to be a good player. But will he be better than Trevor Lawrence? Is he... Is he even better than, like, a Cam Newton? I, I don't know. I think Cam Newton, Trevor Lawrence, around there. What do you think? Um, I just think there was such a lack of structure at USC towards the end. If you go watch some of that tape, it's like, what are they even 
what are they even doing? There's no structure. He's just kind of running around winging it. And he'll make some of the wildest throws. Like, think of the Packers down the stretch in 2016 when Rodgers just got red hot. And he was kind of just playing off the cuff constantly. Like, yeah, when he's on, and it looks great. But that's not sustainable day one You when you walk into a rookie or walk into the NFL as a rookie and you're a little undersized as it is, like, you need to be able to fit into a system. And I just don't know that Caleb Williams has shown that he's really done that yet. Not to say that he won't, but he, we haven't seen it yet. And I think that's some of the hesitance. And, and you mentioned that when you saw him in person. Yeah, I, I think he'll be a good player. I, I, don't, I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. Hey, before you let, you let me go here, a couple of really quick tidbits. Yeah. Uh, do you want to... You know, the Badgers basketball team, it's pretty bad when it's almost March and you've given up on them. That's that's pretty wild. I'm not giving up. No, no one's given up. I didn't say giving up. Well, I think that great guard gauge of yours is getting all the way to the hot red, whatever you want to call it. It's getting redder than red right now, Grant. No, he's, he needs to be better. He needs to be a lot better. I said that yesterday. I, I'm nothing but fair with Greg Gard. I, I am not. I am Mr. Reasonable right down the middle cogent analysis well, with Greg Gard always I was listening to your show this morning I you know, it's not live obviously and cone roller was acting like he lost his puppy so I felt bad for him you know so a uh, couple other things Grant that Pat Beverly podcast that's an awesome podcast for any Buck fans that want to listen to that that's good stuff and then your guy LeBron is getting called out for My PEDs uh, from Car- Kevin Garnett. Did you hear about that? I don't know if you want to defend LeBron because that's your guy. First of all, he's not my guy. Don't put don't put that on me. I am not a LeBron stan. I am a I am a LeBron true. I speak the truth on LeBron's rankings against some of your your players of the eighties and the nineties that just weren't as good. Um, well, I guarantee Dan and I both agree Michael Jordan's better than LeBron. Oh, you and Dan and Broadhead, yeah, I would imagine you both would I agree. We, yeah. We're going to unite on that take. Yeah, I would. Im- I so, would imagine Grant, you guys would be better. Coach Bud, be better. Let's go. Have finish the show. Finish the show as best you can. Give it your all. Yeah, thank you, Tony. I did not blame callers. Tony, you hear my words and then you jump to conclusions on those words. Don't don't put that on me. I didn't blame callers. If anything, I blame myself. Right? I've been putting too much attention into Bill's show. I've been working on this. I am going to Arizona this week, and I'm making preparations. I'm getting things organized, and, you know, maybe I'm not as organized four to six as I should be. That's what I'm saying. I would never blame I would never blame you guys. Never. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Madison's number one sports talk station, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. How would you like to earn some extra cash while contributing to a good cause? Fortria Clinical Trials is currently seeking healthy men ages 18 to 55. You must be available for one stay of eight nights plus seven follow-up visits. Compensation up to $7,354 may be provided for time and participation. Call Fortria today, 608-210-5454, or find out more at FortriaClinicalTrials.com. That's F-O-R-T-R-E-A ClinicalTrials.com. When you refer a friend or family member who qualifies for Fortria Clinical Study, you can get paid too. Earn up to $500 per qualified referral. Ready to do your part in helping medicine move forward? For more information, visit FortriaClinicalTrials.com or call 1-866-429-3700. That's 1-866-429-3700. I'm Will Sweeta. 
As an engineer, we look for precision, quality, technical expertise, and products that solve long-term problems. It's what we do at Sweet Metal Roofing. Contact us about our eco-friendly and sustainable roofing. I'm Mike, Will, and Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweet Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A, metalroofing.com. Sweet Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. At Denny's Jewelers, we believe hugs never get old. To make sure your next gift purchase is deserving of a big old hug, join our Denny's Cares a Little More list. We help you choose what pieces of jewelry are must-haves, so your partner knows exactly what you like. Then we help make those wishes come true. Stop by and wrap your arms around the Denny's Cares a Little More list. And enjoy the hug. This is Matt and Pete Gunderson. We recently celebrated the life of Ingrid, proud of her Norwegian heritage and a passion for art. Her life celebration included the Norwegian art of rose mulling. Her family was invited to help decorate the casket. Allow us to personalize every detail of a life well lived. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the the all-in-the-family move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well and like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these this looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% .9 of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. 
Sports Show. Mike Clemens about an hour away. He's down in Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine. One of my favorite player interviews in forever. There's a prospect from Texas Tech who is, you know, all these guys, they take tests, they do testing, they run drills, they do interviews. There's a player from Texas Tech who has my favorite conspiracy theory of all time. Normally, I hate conspiracy theories. In 2024, we have this weird fetish with conspiracy theories in this country. But this conspiracy theory from this guy, I love it because it's a throwback. It's a conspiracy theory with some class and cultia, which I I love. So I'm going to play you that audio. We can talk about that maybe right before 5 o'clock. Time to sneak a couple calls in here before we take our last break of the hour. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello? I, I hear the phone call is going. Are you there? One last time. Wisco Sports Show. Hello? All right. I'll call back if you have a minute or two. 608-321-1670. I love that we're getting some ambiguity at the top of this draft. I love that it's not Caleb Williams and everybody else. I'm a big fan of that. I want some controversy. I want teams and GMs throwing smoke screens around. Well, actually, we like Jaden Daniels most of all. And I, actually, uh, Drake May might be number one. I feel like Drake May had his moment in the sun as possibly the number one guy. <sighs> I lose track of time between the Super Bowl and we like got really obsessed with the idea of banning court storming for like 24 hours. That kind of threw off my concept of time there was a moment in time where it seemed like all of the football community was like well why not drake may number one wait a minute he didn't cry to his mom in the stands what, what's so wrong with this guy and i i feel like we've kind of moved past that and Jaden daniels is getting a little shine dan orlovsky on espn this morning was like he'd be my number one guy the the, the point I think the biggest takeaway that you should have as we start to really dig deep into these quarterbacks and the draft with the combine this week really starts to to become a real thing or at least a real idea that's coming up and approaching. All these guys have the tools. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, they all have skills. They all have traits. They all have tools that are really, really good. The most successful of these quarterback prospects will harness those tools and harness those skills into a brand of quarterback play that's most conducive to success and most conducive to winning. And that might mean you're not improvising all the time. You're not running around. You're not always trying to escape the pocket and play off the cuff. And of course, you know, whichever one of these quarterbacks ends up in a situation that works best with wide receivers that are going to get open for him, an offensive line that can protect him, and a play caller head coach that, you know, can really connect with them. I think it's worth mentioning that the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots, who all possess the first three picks, defensive head coach, defensive head coach, defensive head coach. What is it? Uh, Shane Waldron, the offensive coach for the Bears. Is it Cliff Kingsbury in Washington? I don't know who the offensive coordinator is in New England, but none of these spots seem real appealing for a young quarterback. I just think the Bears roster is okay. Like if a quarterback comes in and plays really, really well in year one, I actually think the Bears are a sneaky fringe playoff contender. But, you know, they need to get a, a quarterback that comes in and is a lot better than Justin Fields. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello? 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 Hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome. Who's this? Hey, uh, this is Matthew in Black Earth. How are you, Grant? I'm doing great, Matt. Nice to have you. What's going on? 
Hey, not much. Hey, I just want to say two things. Um, number one, no one would ever take what you just said that you were blaming your listeners. You are awesome. I well, love this show. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, where did Tony uh, get off doing that? What the hell? I, I literally was do- I was saying, I don't think that I've had my best stuff this week. And he's like, are you blaming Colin? No, Tony. No one's blaming you. God. Yeah, like I, I didn't have my best work day at work today. But tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better. Hell yeah. Uh, anyways, I just want to say uh, to feel better about the where we're going, let's just bury the hornets and bulls and let's just go forward and, you know, just put this last bit behind us. Go Bucks! Hell yeah. And then last thing, I just want to give a shout out to Matt and David at Reviewing the Brew Podcast. They're great. Those guys. Have a good one, Grant. Those guys rip. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Black Earth. I will co-sign that both with Matthew and David. I love Dave Gasper. We're going to have to get him on sometime soon. By the way, you mentioned the Bucks, so I should mention this. They're 4-0 out of the All-Star break, uh, or 3-0, excuse me. So they beat Minnesota, they beat Philly, they beat Charlotte. We're looking for 5-0. Let's hammer the Hornets tonight in Charlotte, hammer the Bulls tomorrow night in Chicago, and then you have a rest over the weekend, and then you start a stretch of games, and this is why it's so important for them to win these games against the Hornets and then the Bulls on Friday night, is because you host the Clippers, go to the Warriors, to the Lakers, to the Clippers, to the Kings, host the Sixers, host the Suns, and then you go to Boston. There's a really tough stretch of games coming up. So if you can start the second half of the season 5-0 and and put yourself in a good position going into this really tough stretch of games, a lot of them on the road out on the West Coast, you're absolutely right. Awesome call, and thank you for mentioning the Bucs. And, and we'll obviously talk more about them tomorrow. We'll see how they do tonight in Charlotte. No Chris Middleton, by the way. He's not even traveling with the team. 608-321-1670. One more call, then we'll take our break. Let's go sports show. Who's this? You're blaming the callers this week, huh, Grant? Wow, it's a you, know what? you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to react. I reacted with Tony. I reacted with that last caller. I'm, no, I'm not taking the bait now. No, I see what you're trying to do, Vagabond John, and I won't do it. I won't lose no, my cool. No, let's, let's twist it. Grant, what day of the week is it? Thursday. Oh. And I'm on, right? So yeah. I think you have grown your value of callers because it's a Thursday, and we shouldn't even be taking calls today. I got in the car ready to traverse the best highway in the state all the way up north, Highway 51, uh, up to Hurley, Wisconsin. I, I said... You know, I'm not going to be able to call today. That's fine. We'll just tune in. We'll just listen because it's a Thursday and Grant doesn't take calls on Well, and, and here's the in, thing. And I hear Dan from Broadhead spewing <laughs> full Bears BS and I'm ready to go. I want to take all the calls today and tomorrow because next week I'm at spring training and we won't be able to. So this is good. We, I want to get this all out of our system now and have as many conversations as possible. You're compensating to handle the callers. Uh, to get in on this draft and, and kind of the quarterback analysis, I'm curious, looking back in the last, you know, let's just say 10 years or so, um, when you look at the number one quarterback taken and compare that specific quarterback to the next three quarterbacks taken, to me, if you're a gambling man, you almost want to be in that like number two, number three, number four spot. Am I wrong on this? That's what I'm saying. If I, if I ran the Chicago Bears and I had a, a pretty equal evaluation on all three, three of these quarterbacks, I would let Washington or whoever pay me a king's ransom to move up and, and take whoever they wanted, and then I'd take whoever's left. Yeah, it can't be number two and it can't be number three because they're going to be thinking the same damn thing. So you're going to have to target Atlanta. You're going to have to target and get your sales guys out there. Well, it might be. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Well, well, I guess what's, what's on the line. The situation would be Washington loves Caleb Williams and they want him bad. All right, take the number one overall pick. I'll move down. Yep, supply and demand. Got to yeah. create that demand. 
Got to get those bears, you know, got to get the tape going. Man, man, we really love this guy. Holy cow, he's the next generational. You know, that's what people, Trevor Lawrence, they did that for like six years leading up to his, uh, his draft, right? Like we heard he was going to be the next Peyton Manning. And don't get me wrong, he's a good quarterback. And I don't think, you know, if the Bears landed Caleb Williams and he turned into Trevor Lawrence, I think the Bears, Bears fans would be like, hell yeah, this might be our best quarterback in, in franchise history. So, yeah. um It'll it'll certainly be interesting. I love the draft takes. Uh, yeah, I, I think number one overall in general is a spot you want to trade out of, regardless if you're going for a quarterback or not. Because man, these number one overall quarterbacks have been a little rough lately. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that this one will be. It just depends on all these GMs see things differently, and that's part of what makes the NFL fun, right? Is the Packers have their own like weird time tested traditions of, of how they judge players, how they pick players. And so do all these other teams where they haul all ideas. So that's why the draft is fun is you have all of these GMs in a marketplace together, but they all see these assets very differently with the way they prioritize them, the way they value them, which is why it's so fun to watch these teams trip over themselves to try to get this guy and that guy. I think if I were the bears, unless I loved Caleb Williams, like I'd be fine with Drake may I'd be fine with Jaden Daniels. I think you just got to take a quarterback that you like and move on. And you don't have to worry about, well, if we miss on this guy, well, when we took Trubisky, when we took, here and now, which quarterback do you like? Go for him and move forward, and you don't look back. Yeah, get get that three-way trade going. Get that second first-round pick and pick up Oduzier if I'm the Bears. That's, uh, that's kind of the move I'm making. But, all right, Grant, I'll, I'll shut up and listen. Uh, excited to hear Mike in the second half. I'll be cruising the best highway in the state all the way north. Uh, so can't wait. Hell yeah. Yeah, appreciate you, Vagabond John. Drive safely now. No problem on a road that smooth. Easy cruise. Let's take our final three-minute break of the hour. Continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you listening. Mike Clemens about a half hour away. We'll connect with him at 530. He's down at the Scouting Combine. Excited to pick his brain on what he's seeing, what he's hearing. I know he's tracking guys down at St. Elmo's off campus, as Mike says. It's where you do your best fact finding off campus. And I'm going to embrace that mentality next week in Arizona when I'm at spring training. I don't know where I would run into guys off campus. Should I just hang out at the Trader Joe's? Maryvale wait for wait for Christian Yelch that's where Cone Roller saw him last year right just run up to him hey uh, what, tell me about the hater trade <laughs> he'd be like oh Jesus age um I'm excited to head to spring training I'm excited because I have a connecting flight I have a layover at the Denver airport and you might be thinking Grant why are you excited about a layover layovers suck wouldn't you want to fly direct well yes I, I, I would prefer to fly direct but if I'm gonna have a layover I'm glad it's in Denver because the Denver airport is awesome. The Denver airport is one of the few conspiracy theories in the world. It might be the only conspiracy theory in the world that I believe in. And if you've never heard of the, the conspiracy surrounding the Denver airport, maybe we can talk about that next. Also, an NFL player or NFL player to be at the Combine during his interview today to the press shared an amazing conspiracy that theory that he believes in. And I love it. I hate conspiracy theories. I love this one. We'll talk about it next. Wisco Sports Show, hour two, two minutes away. Damian Lillard win the three-point contest and the all-star.
All-Star Game MVP. How would you describe just his confidence right now in a Bucks uniform? He's hooping. <laughs> He's just hooping. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Mike Clemens, about a half hour away. Love Mike. With Mike, what you see is what you get. Right? There's nothing shady, nothing sneaky with Mike. Mike is just an awesome football reporter, awesome football analyst. We mentioned conspiracy theories right before our 5 o'clock break. I don't believe in many. I am not someone who obsesses over the idea that there's a lot going on in our society and in our country that we don't know about. I think most people are very, very stupid, myself included. Our country's ability to to pull things over on its citizens, I don't... I don't really buy into that. Like, you, like the same thing with the NFL. You think the NFL's rigged? They could never pull that off. Kidding me? It's ran by a bunch of men. Men are idiots. We can't. No. We never pull anything like that off. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I do believe that there is a conspiracy theory, however, surrounding the Denver airport. When you look into the finances of that thing, you look at the property, you look at the construction delays and all the empty spaces and tunnels and things going on under the airport. I do buy into the fact that, like, that that I... The Denver airport is this, like, big nuclear bunker for the elite people in our country. I do buy into that. Our, our government better have a place like that, Bill. If, if our government doesn't have a big nuclear shelter somewhere, then I then I think less of them. Like, they better have it. They, they better have made those. There's nothing shady about that. Any functioning government with smart people should build something like that. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but I do buy into the Denver airport, and I love this, okay? Texas Tech's. Tyler Owens, he's a defensive back, and he's one of the darlings of the combine. He's really, really fast. He's going to test really, really well. He said in his interview today, doesn't believe in space, doesn't believe in other planets, and he buys into some flat earth theories. Now, this audio isn't great, but I'm going to play it for you. Well, okay. First, I'm going to pause that. Now, I'm going to play for you the audio of of Tyler Owens. This guy, Texas Tech, this is earlier today at the Combine. You guys are discussing that you don't believe in. What led you to that point to believe that? See, this is, I am uniquely qualified to speak on a conspiracy theory like this. He saw this. He says, I don't believe in space. I don't believe in other planets. Uh, flat Earth theories have some valid points. And everyone saw this. Like, oh, another Kyrie Irving. Oh, what, what an idiot. No, 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 no. He mentioned that he's a religious man. He thinks we live in a dome. And everyone's like, oh, what an idiot. And me, an intellectual who went to Catholic school for most of my childhood, said, oh, oh, he's he's just preaching the good book of, of Genesis. You ever read the book of Genesis? It's fascinating. It's the very beginning. You don't have to get that far into the Bible. Let me read this for you. He said, and God said, let there be light, blah, 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 divided the light from the darkness, blah, blah, blah. You know, we all know this stuff. Chapter 1, verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. 
God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above. Very repetitive. They They did not concisely write when they wrote down the Bible. God called the firmament heaven, and in the evening and in the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. If you never looked at a picture... Right, this is Book of Genesis stuff. I tweeted out a picture today. I was Grant. I remember this from elementary school. It's like these stone pillars holding up a platform, and then it's like a, a dome, like the sphere in Las Vegas almost. And God would open the gates to let the rain in, and God and, and, and heaven was above the firmament, above the dome. So what this guy is preaching at the combine, and I don't think this landed with a lot of people, because not all these football writers went to Catholic school. They don't have the correct background for understanding this sort of thing. This man is not preaching some New Age woke theory spawned by the Internet. This man is citing the good book. And I think he's nuts, but God, I respect it more than any other stupid conspiracy theory peddled by a professional athlete the last couple of years. And there have been a ton, but this one I respect. The first 10 lines of the book of Genesis, this guy's citing it at the Combine. Draft him, Packers. I'm all for this guy. If you want to take him, you have you have my complete and total support as a Packers owner and a Bible thumper, at least through throughout his educational years. Not saying I don't support the good book these days, but like this part of the good book is feel like we probably know better now about how the world works. But hey, you want to cite the book of Genesis and say that that's how the world I tip my cap. All right, your commitment to the to the good book. I, I appreciate it. We can continue to talk about the combine. We can talk about whatever. I just wanted to mention this because I thought this was the funniest story of the combine today. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Ah, yes. That's a good point. A brief point. Uh, an appreciated point. Thank you for the call. What's going on today? 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? What's up, Grant? It's Badger Bloody Reviews. Badger bloody reviews not much is going on i there was uh there was discourse this weekend i don't know if you saw lots of people headed to and fro the burkabiner this weekend so the uh, highway 63 railroad bridge getting a lot of run up in your neck of the woods if i remember correctly oh yes uh big weekend for the highway 63 bridge i was actually going to uh go up for the burkey see my folks you know see some old friends but uh according to my father uh, who lives up on, in the Cable area, they didn't have a lot of snow. He said, it's going to be a zoo. You might as well just avoid it. Um, but, yeah, I had to call and chime in uh, on the whole Denver airport discourse here. Yeah, I love that airport. Outside of the Madison airport, I prob- I've probably flown in and out of Denver more than any other airport. It really is an elite airport, and I am 100% on board with the conspiracy theory. It's just like... With some conspiracy theories, like, I just, I don't have the attention span. It's like, why would someone do this? Why would our government do this? The, the airport is so easy. It's like, oh, all of the important people need a shelter to go to in case it goes down. Why not build it under a massive airport? It makes total sense. In fact, I would be pissed if our government didn't have a nuclear shelter under an airport somewhere. It's just so easy to get on board with. And you look at where the airport is in relation to, like, the city of Denver. Mm-hmm. Like, there's plenty of room to build down as far as you'd want to go. Like, oh. it's kind of odd as far as, like, major city airports go. And then you've got that weird, uh, like, rearing horse statue with the mm-hmm. red eyes that always creeps me out every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm usually, you know, coming in and out of Denver, I'm probably under the influence of, uh, of something. That probably doesn't help. That probably makes it seem more dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, oh, it's, it's actually it's a very normal airport. It's just all these videos and blogs are made by people stoned off their ass. 
Yeah, and TSA at Denver uh, really doesn't care. Here's a PSA for everybody. Fly out of Denver with whatever you want. If they find it, they're just going to ask you, why are you not bringing more? Really? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, you, you can fly with impunity. Uh, carry on, though, not the check bag. Check bag is the, the red flag. But carry on, man, you can carry on as much as you damn well please. I feel like it would be, ba- well, I don't know. I feel like we don't care anymore, but I feel like it would be backwards. Like, if it's checked in a bag, it's put away, you're not going to blaze it up on the plane. But if you no, That's what everyone thinks. It's the opposite. Do you want to know how many cannabis tickets the Denver airport has issued since uh, it was legalized in, I believe, like 2012 or 2013? Please tell me. It's zero. Really? Yeah, it's zero. You can, you can look it up. TSA even has a thing on their website that they're like, hey, just to clarify, we don't care about the stuff you're taking on vacation. Now, if you have, like, a whole backpack and suitcase just packed to the brim with, like, nothing else. Yeah, now, that's yeah, going to yeah. raise maybe a red flag. But, yeah, personal use, going on a little trip, they do not care. I am amped to go to the Denver airport. And the Madison airport, I flew out of it the first time a couple weeks ago. Now, I love the Eau Claire airport, love the La Crosse airport. That was my first experience at the Madison airport. My God, it's just so easy. Why, why would anyone? Dude, oh, my goodness. It's, it's wonderful. We really do take it for granted here uh compared to people who have to regularly fly out of chicago Ugh. atlanta anywhere in new york uh slash new jersey just much much worse uh experiences so right. yeah so yeah um one more thing and i know you probably want to get some other guys on here but dude the guard gauge definitely heating up i've been a good boy about not changing my profile picture on twitter to fire greg guard and not tweeting every game about it but it's getting to the point where this is a little ridiculous i've been a good boy well come on get the train back on the tracks greg i like this roster i think it's his most talented roster he's had in a while what the hell's going on that's what i'm saying we can't you know you're not going to get a pulled fire alarm every game you just it's just not going to happen and you can't have that as an excuse yeah I, I feel you, Badger Bloody. Hey, it's been too long. Let's make this more of a regular thing, okay? Drop in once Absolutely. in a while, would you? Yep, I got to I gotta do a better job of, uh, you know, keeping in touch with you guys. Hey, I'm going to hop off and let someone else slide in here, but you have a great afternoon, my friend. You as well, Badger Bloody. Appreciate you. I love some good airport discourse. My favorite airport is the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport because when they built that thing, the way that it's designed and the way that you perceive it when you come inside. I I love it. You go to the Vegas airport, right? And they're like, look, we have slot machines and like posters of like, like Wayne Newton and the clocks on the wall are sponsored by Rolex. Like we're the the home of luxury. And then you go to Denver, it's like mountains and you know, apocalypse stuff because it's, you know, that airport. Minneapolis is like, we're an airport. Go get on the plane. Okay. This is, this isn't a, this isn't a, a variety show. This isn't a luxury resort. We're an airport. Okay, you're here to fly. And that's such a that's that's such a great reality when you go somewhere on a warm vacation and you fly back into MSP and the airport just screams at you like, welcome back. Okay, you got to work tomorrow. So shape up, buddy. Okay, I just I love the MSP airport Um, for a layover. It's great. If you can fly out of a small airport, if you can begin your journey with a connecting flight like the Dane Airport or Eau Claire Lacrosse, it's just so quick because you get through the TSA process so simply and then you're good. When you get to the big airport, you've already gone through all the hubbub. You don't have to deal with it anymore. It's great. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clem Head Mike. Clem Head Mike. Sounding a little bit better. You're getting there. I can tell. Yeah. I uh, went to urgent care today and got some drugs and stuff. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I uh, like that. Yeah, airports. Interesting subject because Dick Durbin, I can't remember. My brain's not working today. If he was a senator or a congressman from... from um, Nevada, he built this huge luxury 
airport in the middle of nowhere, and it, it was very expensive, many millions of dollars, and it gets used by about 25 to 30 people a day. And you wonder if he built something like that for uh, in nefarious reasons, too. Mm. You just want because, uh, yeah, it's got his name on it. Maybe that's the only reason he built it. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting subject you got there. Um, you know, there are bunkers around the country for, you know, top members of the president, you know, like his cabinet to take refuge. You know, I think uh, Omaha were one of the big um, defensive, like where some of the uh, – airstrips and stuff like that are there there's uh there's definitely is uh har, you know hardened bunkers places like that so yeah i'd be surprised if they didn't build some hardened bunkers under an airport like that i mean, I mean you've been in the deep. military you just got to make preparations like that well of course <laughs> if we're going to take if we're going to get a, a giant nuclear attack you got to hide the got to you know safeguard the head you know yeah of course but you. uh yeah but um yeah, well, what you read from Genesis is pretty interesting because, you know, up until about up well up until uh, the telescope was invented, the Galileo, I believe, um, Genesis uh, thought that there was no more than fifteen hundred stars in the sky, but uh, Genesis says there was countless stars in the sky. Well, didn't Abraham and, have like as many kids as the stars in the sky? What did Abraham had like ten thousand descendants or something? Yeah, God, we we can yeah. be better with our biblical math than this. Truly, Abraham was both. He's considered the father of the Jews and the Muslims. And he just populated the whole that. planet, that guy did, I think. Yeah. Not just the Fertile Crescent, I think just about the entire planet. Yeah, and uh, also the Bible talks about the circle of the earth, and everybody thought the earth was flat, and, you know. But, yeah, interesting stuff there, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was calling about the uh, – I wish I had a – I wish we had a live uh, – we could see each other face-to-face, so – uh, I wanted to show my contempt for you know who you know obviously who Mel Kiper is right yeah the most overrated draft analyst in the history of sports Ooh. the guy has never been right in his entire life he thinks the Packers first round draft choice this year is going to be a guy named Jordan Morgan offensive tackle from Arizona have you seen any of this I haven't oh yeah there's a there's a, a nice young man has a YouTube channel called Sideline Scoop okay. And he's he's got he's reading Mel Kiper's draft predictions, which, like I said, are never correct. And Jordan Morgan, he likes his his footwork and his speed, and he's he's not going to get outrun by speed edge rushers and all this stuff. He he had an ACL in 2022, and I said, oh geez, that's what we need another guy with an ACL. And uh, I guess he's a bit undersized. I said, oh, come on, we don't. <laughs> If you're going to use your first round draft choice and the guy who might be flawed, I'll come, let's. But I've I've seen some YouTube videos on Mel Kiper. What a scam artist he is! He's, he's never oh. right. And, and um, yeah. Anyway, I just want to say, please don't Packers. Let's let's not do that. Let's save. We can wait till the second round for a good Rasheed Walker's Walker. Yeah, he's been doing a good job. Let's give him a chance. Let's we let's build some depth up at uh, tackle. But I. Right now, I think maybe our weakness on the offensive line is center. I, I yeah, and, and I mean, they're going to need to find, if Sean Ryan's not the guy, they're going to need to find a right guard because John Runyon Jr., we assume, is moving on in free agency. I think I'll probably be best for both sides. He'll make some money. The Packers will get cheaper and probably not lose that much quality at that position. I'm down for a tackle, but the Packers have never 
needed to take tackles in the first round. They've always found guys yeah. later and developed them slowly. You know, for all the for all the hubbub about, I think that's the second time I've said that. I need to stop. For all the hubbub that, you know, the Packers get for drafting quarterbacks and developing them, they do the same thing with tackles. They hardly ever, yeah. I mean, Bulaga was that way, but way more often they, they draft a guy and they bring him along slowly until they're ready to start. Right. I think the Packers need to go inside linebacker. Safety, I think they got a lot more uh, priorities other than another left tackle. I really do. But if you get a chance to look up Jordan Morgan, I don't know. But um, Mel Kuyper, I'm I'm sorry. I just have this extreme hatred for Mel Kuyper. I know it's not healthy to hate, but uh, Dracula, he's just like the worst. He's he's such a scam artist. Just just makes me angry. (laughs) That's fine. I appreciate it. We we need to have rivalries in our head. We need people to keep us going. You need motivation, Mike. Feel better, okay? I got to get a break in, but it was nice to hear from you. Thanks, Grant. Talk to you later. What? Hey, Bye. before you, before you go, what was the name of the airport in Vegas you were telling me about? What's the senator's name? Oh, Durban. Durban. I think it was Dick, Dick Durban. I'm pretty sure that was the guy. Airport. I'm, I'm just I'm just using this off my off of memory. I just uh, I could be wrong, but I remember watching TV expose on that one day. This has been quite a few years now, but. Uh, Interesting. Well, I'm going to look into this because this is the weird stuff yeah. I like to waste my time on. So I'm going to uh, thank you for that. I'm going to let you go now, Mike. Bye. Yeah, have a good one. Clubhead Mike up in Chiffle Falls. That whole call, all I could think about after he mentioned that airport, he's like, I don't know why the guy built the airport. Maybe it was just so he could have his name on it. The rest of the call, my brain was just playing that scene from Arrested Development where Tobias is like, I can't remember the line. He's talking to Michael. I don't remember about what. He's like, here comes John Wayne. I'm not going to cry about my dad. Going to build me an airport. Put my name on it. <laughs> Why? Why, Michael? So you can fly So you can fly away from your feelings? There's like two people listening right now. It's like, oh, yeah, I know the scene you're talking about. It's Arrested Development. That's the, the, the whole time we were talking about Mel Kuyper, I'm like, what scene is that from Arrested? I'm going to look that up, see if I can find it over the break. Three minutes. If you're on hold, stay right there. I promise I'll get to you three minutes. we got to get a break in Wisco Sports Show. Back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It feels like real, you know? And you haven't really allowed yourself to grieve much at all, Michael. My relationship with Dad was much more, uh, much more complicated than yours. It was predicated a lot on secrets and lies. It wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, trust there you know here he comes here comes john wayne i'm not gonna cry about my pa i'm gonna build an airport put my name on it why michael so you can fly away from your feelings you can keep them bottled up but they will come out michael sometimes in the most unexpected hey where the are my hard-boiled eggs I was laughing out loud watching that. Oh my god! I'm. I need to rewatch Arrested Development now. <laughs> I'm gonna build an airport. Put my name on it. Why, Michael? So you can fly away from your feelings. Jerry tweeted in. Okay, Jerry, this is what I thought. Jerry says he met the Harry Reid Airport in Nevada, but that's just the one in Vegas. Clemhead was talking about some airport in the middle of nowhere that no one used. Unless Clemhead was like remembering the 50s before Vegas like blew up big time. Maybe he's hallucinating. I know he said that he got some drugs from the doctor. He's getting over this, the sickness he's got at urgent care. Maybe. I don't know. Where are my hard boiled eggs? Oh my God. By the way, this week, I've, don't let Dave from Anona hear this. I've been perfecting the soft boiled egg. 
this week. So instead of boiling the egg for like 10 or 11 minutes, I've been going for like seven, eight. And peel them real quick, crack them open, eat them with toast for breakfast. Mm-mm. I've kind of been, I've kind of perfected the the soft, the soft boiled egg. I believe the uh, the thing that I watched on Food Network, Big Food Network guy, the guy said for a jammy hard boiled egg, you want to go like seven, eight minutes. Hey, where are my hard boiled eggs? We got time for two calls quickly, and then we'll get to Mike Clemens, 608 1670 Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? My grand, this has been an interesting hour. Airports, conspiracies, uh, the Bible. Yep. You know, and I, I've been thinking about Cooper DeGene. I like him a lot more in the second round. So maybe, you know, Badger Bloody or Clemhead Mike can, you know, plant some of their drugs on Cooper DeGene and maybe he slips <laughs> a little bit Laramie Tunzel style. We need we need to start an information campaign somehow. Uh, according to an unnamed NFL owner, that can be me, uh, Cooper DeGene's off-the-field habits might not be great. We can put that out. Does anyone know an insider in the NFL that we can push that information to? I can be the unnamed owner. We just need someone to push it out. I hardly know her. <laughs> that's, the, that's the stupidest. I just played a clip from Arrested Development. That's the stupidest thing that's been said on the show so far. It's funny, uh, but but very stupid cone roller. How are you tonight? What's going on with you? You know, I am mad at you because you're not a conspiracy theorist guy. You really think the government's just telling the truth in everything they do? Uh, maybe not everything, but like the things that they would lie to us about are like little things. Like I don't, I don't think there's a secret society. I don't think we're not capable of pulling things like that off. We're not, I I don't know. Maybe the U S government isn't, but the CIA sure as hell is. Sure. So like, like what, if you had to bet your life savings on one conspiracy theory being true, which one would it be? Mine would be the Denver airport. What about you? Uh, probably fluoride in the water to control our minds. All right, all right. But it's good for your teeth, too. I mean, my teeth are in. It's good for your teeth, right? Well, that's what they want you to believe, yeah. Maybe it's the fluoride talking, then. Maybe I think Ebo takes the fluoride out of his water. i got to ask him about this. Yeah, I love that for Ebo. That's woke. Stock up on Ebo there. Yeah. I I thought you were mad at me because I'm not talking Badgers basketball tonight. It's like, Cone, they're on timeout after what we've seen over the last month. They don't deserve our coverage. Oh, I agree. And, you know, I appreciated Clem had Mike's like words of encouragement yesterday when I called in defeated, you know, just self-reflective. You got to be confident in yourself. And, you know, the story of human history is told by people's resilience. True. And that's that's where that's taken for granted these days is human beings resilience over the course of our history. So many people today are wound up over Badger basketball losses, including me. And you just got to remember, you know. We are here for a reason, and that's because of our ancestors' resilience to, to everything. Anything, what my great grandma always said, anything worthwhile is worth waiting for. And Brewers fans have been telling themselves that since the 70s. Uh, and I guess I'll tell myself that about Badgers basketball here. Like maybe you just need a couple of Big Ten games, maybe they need a couple more games to get the train back on the tracks. I, I don't know. I just, I'm so frustrated because this has, this has happened multiple times now where it's like the team looks great and then they hit a little hiccup, understandably, and then they just completely fall apart. Yeah, everything's been said that that can be said on the Badger basketball team. But love the Father Abraham um, call. You know, there's a great song about Father Abraham. Have you heard it? A great what Bible song? Yeah, like you were learning Bible camp. Did you do vacation Bible school back in the day? Um, not really. My church up in northern Wisconsin, north of eight, had a 
had a little Bible camp for like a week or two. We did as kids growing up. The Catholic growing up in a Catholic school, we didn't, we didn't. We, there was never an effort to make religion fun. Religion's not supposed to be fun. Uh, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Well, you said right that human history is is tales of overcoming and suffering and earning it. Like you're supposed to feel guilty around religion. You're supposed to be. You put your head down, keep quiet. I did go to vacation Bible school once with some friends. It was. It's just not. It's very nothing against VBS. It's just a very. It's very unlike my religious upbringing. I like that you have a church north of eight. Like you had one in your hometown and then one up north when you went to the cabin too. That's good. Good family. Everyone should have that. Yeah, and you know, I think with Catholicism, it's you really don't focus too much on the Old Testament. It's much more heavy on the New Testament, and the Old Testament is awesome. That is a great, great stories in there. So yeah, you know, well. we, I went to a vacation Bible school as well with some non-denominational Christians. And they put on all these plays on the Book of Solomon, and man, was that interesting. Way better than a you know, 20-minute sermon from a priest. Well, that's true. The Old Testament's got some wild stories. I just, I don't know if it holds up. Like, we got NFL prospects talking about, like, the first 10 verses of the Book of Genesis saying, like, we live in a dome. And I just feel like, like, there's got to be some marriage of science and, and religion where we come to a happy medium where we, like, we don't live, it's not the Truman Show. Okay, like that's obviously not what our planet is. We we should be able to get over that. But I respect the guy's commitment to it to his faith and to the bit. Yeah, you can't you can't you know you're not supposed to judge other people for the faith. So you know if that's what he believes, good for him. Hope the Packers take him. Yeah, I'll take him in. I'll take him in the Packers secondary. Good thing Rodgers isn't there still. Oh man. Oh god. Oh god. They'd go nuts together. Well, now I'm getting tweets about conspiracy theories. I, I got to move along, Cone. I want to get one more call in before we get to Clemens. All right. Sounds good, Grant. Just remember, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Yeah, let's. That's man. That's a perfect message. Send. Thank you, Cohen. One more call. I, I don't. I'm not even going to process that. We need to. We need to move this along so we can get to Clement. 608-321-1670. Bring us home, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric Oh God, this is perfect, Eric. What have you made of this last half hour? This seems like your type of show. I don't know. I've got a chopper right in front of me that's got one of those circular saws on it that are hanging off that they trim stuff with, and he, he's setting it right down. I'm right in Toma. What, he are they just awesome. trimming trees using a helicopter? Right. Jesus. Right. It could be a conspiracy theory. This guy might be following me, trying to chop me up. Well, if those trees know. weren't real, they wouldn't be cutting them down. So I guess that's a conspiracy. Although some of those trees, I think there's a big fake tree around Camp Douglas somewhere. It looks like a big antenna. I think there is a fake tree somewhere around there off 94. I've got a fake tree in my front yard, a fake pine tree. That's just like it's a, it's a fake Christmas tree. I, I just leave it out there all year because it's a nice little pine tree. Anywho, <laughs> you know, you know, I was yesterday. I felt that you were like maybe lying to us. Huh? And so I did some research, and then I realized that you're not a reporter. You're not a reporter, are you? No, I'm you not a journalist a in who, any form or fashion. You are no. not a journalist. So I then I realized that this is this is okay because I was looking at your story last night about the uh, the grades on NFL organizations, mm-hmm. and you were leading us to believe that the top graded teams all fell in line with teams that contend for NFL championships. Right? I said there were no... I believe what I said was there were no surprises. Are you referencing the Chiefs? Yes. But listen, I was 
listen, you were, you did kind of say there was no surprises. The guys at the top of that list are the guys who are contending for championships year after year after year. You did. Maybe you just went a little bit too far to get to your point. Well, I was going to say, really never let the facts just, get in the way of a good segment. The Vikings were rated, your Vikings were at the top, second straight year. That's why I was so surprised. I was like, this can't be. And then I thought about Tom Brady and the Patriots. And I'm like, was, was Tom Brady cooking the meals and taking care of, like, the insurance claims and stuff? Because they're rated really low. And after he left, it went downhill. I know right? a lot of these players, they want, the, they want child care for their kids. And I, I saw a reporter from Tampa Bay earlier today who was like, this is ridiculous. These players are whining. Like, they don't need daycare provided for them at work. And I tell you what, I'm not going to publicly take that stance on the Internet because no one's going to agree with you. But I kind of respected him for it. It's like, well, wait a minute. My job doesn't give away free health care. Just because you play professional sports, your kids should be taken care of for free every day. Like, I, I, I don't know. If I was an NFL owner or somebody on the league side, I like I might I might feel a little pushback on some of these points that players are making. Oh, well, definitely. I mean, they can hire a a they can hire somebody to come right into their home to watch their kids. That's what, I'm That's what we did with our kids. We we hired somebody to come right to the house. Or send them to vacation Bible so, school. Just to talk to go back to what me and Cone were talking about. I went to vacation Bible school. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's yep. fun. Jesus can be fun. The Lord can be fun. It's not all stuffy churches and angry nuns. Right, right. Well, the Bucks are, you know, that game was all actually kind of boring after the first half. Actually, the first half was boring. I'm hoping tonight's game is better. <laughs> the whole game was boring. I hope they smack them around tonight like they did the other night. I, I want to keep this going, but I, I understand your, uh, your, your desire to be entertained a little bit, Eric. I do. All right. Well, you have a good night, Graham. We'll continue to talk about all these. Uh, this draft now, listen. Yep. I'm not. When this draft happens, Green Bay is not going to make one bad pick. All Probably right. Not. Because it's all falling into place. All right. They do it just like, you know, it's a tried and true way. We do it the way Ron Wolf did it. And it worked back then. <laughs> and it works great for us now. Except for Ron Wolf never really drafted a quarterback. He traded for one. Well, the evaluation so, process. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so, Eric. I, I do have to run. I got to get to Clemens. Sorry, I'll let you go. I like that guy. We got to go with him. Yep, bye. All right, talk to you soon, Eric. Five minutes. We're back with Mike Clemens on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Or just search my name, Grant Bills. Uh, you'll find it. My mentions right now are mostly. Yeah, it's mostly religion and vacation Bible school commentary. I think to stick with this theme, tomorrow we will draft uh, Catholic hymns. Seeing it's Lent, why don't we just stick with Lent songs? I'll get the number one overall pick. I call dibs on unless a grain of wheat, and I just win. There we go. I just I won tomorrow's show already. I might just take tomorrow off. I think I just handled tomorrow's show. It's, t- it's taken care of. Mike Clemens is hanging out at the uh, the scouting combine this week in Indianapolis and probably wondering what he just walked into. Mike Clemens, welcome. What's going on at the combine? 
Oh, it can't be any weirder than some of the things I walked into here at the Combine. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we've had an odd show today. But a fun, we started talking about the Combine and these quarterbacks and some of the news coming out of Indy this week. We just got off the rails a little bit. Uh, one thing I saw that was kind of funny was you know that you're a kid that's struggling and you don't have much money and that your, trainer, your training crew that you've hired to help you get ready for this Combine, you know, they, they apparently they can't hire – or can't afford one of these workout gyms in the Indianapolis area for last minute to take. They're using the hallway on the second floor, and then they but they've got two or three assistants. They say, "Oh, sorry, you can't walk this way." Because I'm like on a on a skywalk to get back into the newsroom on the second floor yeah. of the Indiana Convention Center. I go, I go, okay, fine. I have to get to the newsroom, and this is the only way to go is to take this bridge across. Okay, well, listen, he's got to run again. Just hang a second. So I stop, and it's some kid that is a defensive back, and he's working on his start, but you know he needs to run like thirty yards on the carpet, you know, uh, across this I don't know thirty foot bridge, glass bridge, if you will, and it's just like okay, you know, can't you kids take this someplace? It's a big building, man. Can't you can't you do this someplace else? But it's you know it's cheap. They don't have to rent it, and they're trying to help this kid. That's you know at least he got invited to the combine. Yeah, it's fun. I get all these fun, strange, like, really? Okay. And there's there's a lot of things. I mean, really, if I was just here to shoot pictures, you know, uh, or just to have, like have a live camera, it's like kind of walking backstage at a circus at times. And it's, that's what's really cool because there's, you take notes of certain things and you see who's gathering, you know, who's, who's talking, who actually came here, which coaching staff stayed home and which coaching staffs are still coming. And then there's a guy that I, I recognize and, frankly, I probably have to go to the Packers media guy to remember his name, but I realized that I was a defensive quality coach, one of the you know backups. He was part of Joe Barry's staff. Three fourths of Joe Barry's staff is gone, and I see him now wearing an Arizona Cardinals jacket as he's going to go watch the defensive lineman workout inside the stadium. I said, "Okay, well, <laughs> you know, congratulations." I mean, the Cardinals right now are like the last place you want to go to in the yeah. NFL right now, you know? So it's just all those kinds of things when you walk around. I uh, had a lovely visit uh, with a high-ranking Packers official today uh, that was walking over the defensive line. I had a lovely visit with uh, Brian Gutekunst. Uh, I guess that was yesterday to say, hey, thanks again for Tuesday. And, you know, you can read off all the different headlines and the stories that we're covering. I mean, do, do we want to go into deep that, Jerry Jones now has to have a DNA test as ordered by a judge to uh, prove that this woman is not his daughter. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. I just thought about that because it's like, you know, remember back in the day, the owners used to come to this thing and they would flaunt themselves and Jerry would pull up in his big cowboy's bus right to the front door there of the convention center say, cowboys are here, right? Yeah. They don't do that anymore. They're, the owners now are so much more backdoor, low-key, even even if they're in town. I think they do a lot more Zooming you know, now, just for whatever reason, because they, they want to stay out of the way. They want to work. They want to behind. They work more and more behind closed doors. But um, this, I, my favorite story is uh, the fact is the hour we spent with Goodikinst, and is this one guy from Green Bay told me, I told him the story. I said, I just had lunch with a guy who used to work in the NFC North. He's a great veteran beat reporter, and he's been in Denver now like the last two years. And uh, we were kind of reintroduced at this lunch. He goes, 
I remember you. You were the last guy to the press box at the Packer game. Go, yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably me uh, after our post-game show, and I try to get stuff out to our Bill Michaels show stations and whatnot. Um, so we're talking over some Thai food with this guy, and I said, so, you know, how's, how's Sean Payton doing? Did they get a one-on-one with him besides what he did at the podium the other day? Yeah, we went Monday night. Oh, like a day before. You know, Monday was my travel day. And I said, well, how'd that go? And he said, it's all off the record. It went six hours. Oh. I'm like, I think, oh, come on. He's making a joke. No. No, Sean Payton talked for six hours about what's going on with the Denver Broncos. Six hours. Six hours. So I said to the Green Bay guy, what do you think of that? He goes, six hours? What? I said, yeah, I know. We we were gooey for an hour. You know, and I said, I, I like him, but I don't think I could go six hours. <laughs> You know, He's a good guy. I, mean, I don't know if I need at, to be with him for that long. Right. right. At, at what point do you know you start talking about fly fishing? I said that to the guy because he's not going to reveal what he talked about, but it was football. It was Broncos. And Sean is a very articulate guy. But it's it's just like, man, the guy's in crisis. And and my guy from Green Bay says, um, you know, we, we got Jordan's contract, but after that, I mean, we're, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. Well, you know what we're doing. Goody, when, when he talked on Tuesday, and it's something that I said repeatedly on my show on Tuesday night and then again yesterday, like he, he started taking questions. And basically the, the interview for, for a moment in time there, the presser turned into, Goody, how do you guys do it with quarterbacks? And Goody's up there like, you know, he's not being cocky, but you can tell like he's enjoying this a little bit. And he's saying, well, you know, it's, it's not easy. Not everyone can do it. And, you know, you got to be patient. And, like, I could tell that Goody was looking forward to rolling up at the combine after all the Rodgers drama last year and all the questions about the direction of the Packers for him to strut in this week and face the media and take all the questions about Jordan loves great. How did you do it? Like, I could tell he was relishing that a little bit. Even good teams like the Steelers, that's their deal. And they're claiming, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to stick with Kenny Pickett. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. Stop lying. You're probably going to be the next home for Russell Wilson. And even Sean Payton, when he was with the Saints, you know, Jameis Winston, are you serious? That's really your backup plan for <laughs> Are you sure? For Drew Brees stepping <laughs> down? And so, you know, or, uh, you know, Taysom Hill, you know, your, your gadget guy that you stole from Green Bay. Uh, so that's why everyone is looking – because Jordan Love put in the work for three uh, for three years, and flew under the radar, and didn't you know cause any trouble, and 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 did what he did, and then about halfway through the season, man, you know it it just clicked for him, and those wide receivers, and now and I actually said that to Brian off to the side. I said you you do understand the national narrative is. If you talk about the Bears, oh, God, are we going to take that guy in the first pick? Are we going to trade out, um, you know, the Vikings? Uh, what are you going to do if post-Kirk Cousins and all this? And when they talk about Green Bay, they talk about why can't people figure out what Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, and Brian Gutekinds have done, which said, you got a great quarterback, but get another guy in there to start learning and, and, and invest. And when, when the, the moment's right, pick a guy who you seriously think to take over for your guy before it's too late yeah. and to have the patience to have that guy sit there for a year or two or three, as it turned out, but you know, try and do it that way. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, they, they're, they feel pretty good. They feel pretty good. What's going on. I know that today was a day 
uh, I heard that the agent for Darnell Savage was supposed to talk with Russ Paul. Gotcha. That's going on. And then, and then defensive back. I mean, if you want to ask me what, what is on the mind of the Green Bay Packers, and that's got to be defensive back. From the Good. stuff I've heard from the guys who were able to cover senior bowl and the fact of the matter that you just voided the contracts of Keyshawn Nixon and you got uh, Darnell Savage at safety talking today, uh, and you're in a league where Andy Reid stands up there and he's, you know, first of all, he has to go and apologize for and hope that the victims are doing okay from the horrible, ridiculous shooting that broke out at the end of the Chiefs parade. You know, you feel bad that the Chiefs, him and the GM, have to talk about that. Yeah. And then the next thing they talk about is just, you know, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. And then they say, yeah, you know, we think there's some pretty good wide receivers in this draft. And then you release Marquez Valdez-Scatling the next day and save yourself $12 million to get under your salary cap. That's, you know, that's, that's the way Andy does business. He does his media, then he makes his move, right? So he doesn't have to explain it. But for, for the Green Bay Packers, it's defensive back. And uh, we got to talk to this kid, this uh, Cooper DeGene from Iowa, who, I mean, in terms of his looks and appearance, you know, kind of looks like Lucas Van Nice, another guy out of Van Nice, uh, 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 Van Ness, rather, another guy who is just an all-around football player. He, he's a corner, yeah. but he looks like a linebacker. He's also been a punt returner, too. But then one day at practice in November, fibula snaps in a freak accident. So he's coming back from a broken leg. Um, but I, I really like a kid out of Clemson who I think could still be on the board at the end of the first round for Green Bay. And that's the kid out of Clemson, Nate Wiggins. Okay. Um, I'll be anxious to see his time tomorrow. It's like uh, 195 or so, six foot two. He's kind of rangy like that, confident. And people say, you know, he even said, he goes, yeah, you go into some of these team meetings and they say, uh, so, you know, what's your time? Like a four or five? And he says, no, oh, man. You know, he thinks he's going to run faster than that. He's only 20 years old, grew up around Atlanta, Georgia, football haven, played for Clemson, and he's coming out early. Uh, but he, he's looking to have a great time. And then when I asked him, so, you know, what were some of the first teams that met with you down here in Indianapolis? He said, the Green Bay Packers. And they asked me. Can I play man? Can I play press man? Can you follow along the best receiver? And he said, that's what I do. That's what I do. I'm Good like, answer. Hello. Bingo. Yeah. Hello. Hello. They got a lot of positions to address. Well, the back end of that defense, like I want multiple corners, multiple safeties. If they spend four or five picks in this draft on the defensive backfield, I will be happy. That's kind of my desire. I'm sure it will be more balanced than that. And and they won't be that clear cut and, and, and decisive about targeting that part of the team and only that part of the team. Uh, let's see. We got a, about a minute or two here left, Mike, before I got to run. What's left this week? So tomorrow, Friday, as the combine winds down, what are you still looking to see and to hear and, and hopefully learn before this is all said and done? Well, you know, there's all kinds of things, and maybe I can go ahead and get into this with you tomorrow on Bill's show. I'm, I'm kind of looking at some major shifts going on in the league okay. and in the media and how we cover things and how we gather and how I remember how John Clayton used to stand here and be on SportsCenter Live and have these big, big stories that seem to rock, you know, the whole league in terms of a player. And today, you know, I've got some leftover newspaper reporters talking about well, things they could do to adjust the kickoff rule. You know, yeah. all the, there used to be a lot of drama at this thing, and it's kind of watered. There's, there's not, to me, 
there's not really the big story. Sure. The big story. And that has to do with, you know, changes that way. And the other thing they did is it used to be you come in here, all these coaches are here, all those staffs are here. And I'll repeat this joke. I'll, I think it's the funniest thing I heard all week. When you, I did ask one assistant coach, I said, what's it like? What? You know, he said, look at man. He said for years as an assistant coach with all, with our scouting department, he said, um, we used to call it spring break. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, we, we showed up, we watched your kid, watch your 40, but we got together with our old boys, the guys that we got in the league with and drank till two in the morning. You know, it was spring break for the assistant coaches. That's why half of them are back home you know, at their home base watching tape and, and getting ready to coach up guys as opposed to hanging out you know, here for the week. But they took the quarterbacks and moved them from the middle of the week to Saturday for better TV ratings on the NFL Network. So, you know, it it will build that way. But usually, and, you know, if you've got the national reporters here for three or four days in the middle of the week to kick this thing off, you talk about the quarterbacks or the running backs, some of those star positions on offense, you talk about the you know the owners, the coaches, and 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 the general managers, and then you know the weekend they finished up with defensive backs. Defensive backs are tomorrow, so they totally flip flop the thing, so it kind of builds each each day, which is why I'm staying through till Sunday. The NFL is just so good at turning things into television and forcing you to watch and forcing you to pay attention. It's cool. Well, we'll check in tomorrow. Last hour of the Bill Michaels Show. We'll have a nice extended conversation. You can share with us all of your findings, maybe some audio from the week. Mike, appreciate you. Go get a steak at St. Elmo's or whatever it is you football people do in Indy this week. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to go back to my spring break. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> yeah, one. Girls Gone Wild, Mike Clemens down in Indianapolis. Yeah. Well, the NFL put the quarterback on Saturday, but the quarterbacks don't work out anymore. They don't throw. They all they do that stuff at their pro day. Plus, Wisconsin plays... Illinois on Saturday at noon. So that's naturally going to dominate the ratings. Speaking of the Badgers, just a couple minutes away from Zach and Jesse taking over Temple and High Oprin coming up at six o'clock live at Monks and Sun Prairie on the east side of Madison. So if you're a WOZN listener and you're on the side of town, stop by food and drink specials. The Bucks will be playing. The Bucks game starts in just a couple of minutes. So you have something to watch and Badgers to talk with Zach and Jesse as well. Temple and High Oprin a few minutes away. Let's take our final break. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Appreciate Mike Clemens. We'll hear more from him tomorrow afternoon in the 1 o'clock hour. The Bill Michaels Show. We're going to hear from Zach Heilprin, who joined Bill earlier today. Jesse Temple alongside Temple and Heilprin live. Monks and Sun Prairie. Stop by and see him. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For Don't miss a Friday show.